Hey, you're listening to Naptime Investigations, a true crime podcast. What we're about to discuss is likely disturbing and contains mature content with the use of adult language and the occasional mom joke. Listener discretion is advised. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Naptime Investigations or Twitter at Naptime underscore podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Taylor. And I'm Amanda. We're just a couple of internet mom friends who like to talk about true crime and conspiracies when we can get our children to sleep. Thanks for being our kind of person and joining us to talk about what normal people think is inappropriate for small talk. Losers. Lame. I don't know. Look at this oh, little thing boy right here. Cat loaf. Hey, that cat shit is looking chonky. Look, I'm busy. I like it when the bed is Bane made. loves it when a bed is made. He loves to be made into the bed, too. Mm, yes. He's like, yes. Snug as a bug in a rug. That's what he likes. Cool. Yeah. Let me take a drink. Anyways, here. we're here. We're here. It's lit. Ew. I just did more ab work out reps than I would have liked to, and just reaching there for that cup was rough. Woo. Struggle. I'm not ready for the three day weekend to be Same. over. That's why I took another day off. I love it. I hate you. I'm so jealous. Okay. Let's get into it. Hello, it's going. Hello. Uh, today, I'm I'm really excited about this case. I um, I feel like we say that with all these cases. Yeah. I mean, like obviously we wouldn't pick them for not sure. excited, but it's like I'm like I'm so excited about this. They're like, I mean, like, yeah. Excited about all of this. So like, I guess so. When I uh, so I was researching a different case, and then somehow this one got put on my radar again, and I just started in and then all of a sudden i was tits deep in it and i was like well can't stop won't stop stop. here we are i have nothing done on the other case i was working on which will probably be a mini sode eventually um because the the information wasn't as bountiful as i would have liked for it to be so yeah did today yeah struggle Struggle busk get on (laughs) Uh, today we're going to talk about Jamie Kloss case. Straight up what nightmares are made out of. Uh, Literally. Like actual nightmares. Uh, the kidnapping of Jamie Kloss. Let me, let me clarify that. So on October 15th, 2018 at almost 1 o'clock, it was right around 1am, a perpetrator pulled up to the Kloss home while everyone was asleep. Who was inside was um, James Kloss, his wife Denise Kloss, and their 13-year-old daughter Jamie Kloss. Their perfect pup Molly started barking like the good, amazing angel she is. Can we talk about Molly the dog? Yeah, it's pretty cute. I love it so much. I mean, I went to school, elementary school, with a hoe named Molly, who I was not a fan of. But, you know, it's a cute name for a dog. And I don't mean literal hoe, as in, like, I just mean as I didn't like her. I'm not going to call you a hoe for your sexual preferences, but I am going to call you a hoe for stealing my food. I don't sex shame anyone. I just character shame them. Anyway. So, the angel that Molly was... 
she started barking and going crazy because she heard someone pull into her driveway. And she just continued to go off and she started barking even more is the closer the perpetrator got. James Kloss, um, obviously everyone, I'm, I'm assuming everyone in the house woke up instantly, but James Kloss went to see what Molly was barking right. at. Because I'm assuming this was uncommon. I mean, I've had dogs my whole life. Yeah, they bark here and there, but nothing like this. Like you could tell when someone is. There's very distinct barks. Very 100%. apparent that like someone was either there or something along those lines. So James went to the door and shined a flashlight on the door and the perpetrator was knocking at this time and he was demanding for James to get down and James was saying, let me see your badge. He was assuming that he was a police officer because I would as well. Why is anyone coming to my home at 1 a.m.? Absolutely. Right. Show me your badge. So he was met by Jake Patterson and he was wearing a black ski mask, a black jacket, and some weird, like, combat boots. Couldn't find a picture of the boots, but I heard they were odd. <laughs> I yeah. assume they were yeah. combat Trench coat. I'm going to potentially harm <laughs> people. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, so Jake was trying to give James the commands to get down. But James didn't comply. And when he flashed the flashlight on him, he shot once through the window and struck James immediately. Jake attempted to get into the home, but he could not open the door because it was locked. So he started shooting and he ended up shooting the doorknob off. After entering the home, he methodically went through kind of room by room. It was It didn't look like a big home, but... He was checking for other people in the home. He had made it very clear after the fact that he didn't want to leave any witnesses. And it was very apparent that he took very detailed steps to not do that. And we can go into that later. He eventually arrived at the bathroom of the home and he noticed it was locked. So he started shooting the door. The The first few shots that he shot off didn't obviously open the door like it did the front door so for some reason I'm not sure if he had like little ammo or I have no idea um so he started body checking the door to open it eventually he was able to break through the door and it was actually split into like two pieces almost um because of the body checking and I am assuming the integrity of the door was not great because of the shooting as well so, I mean, right. Inside the bathroom was Denise and Jamie Kloss. Jamie was hysterical at this point. In true mama fashion, Denise was trying to comfort Jamie. They were in the bathtub together, and her arms and her whole being was wrapped around Jamie, trying to comfort her. This is really hard to say without crying as a mom. I could not imagine. Oh my god! I, I my heart I, um, is breaking. Oh my god! I was so upset when I was doing this. When I was doing the, whew, I just couldn't imagine. Shit! I don't know why that's affecting me. Fucking edit that out, Taylor. It's I don't like, cry. It's like, oh my god! The way the feeling feels. I couldn't imagine. It's sad. Like as a mom, like you just you want to protect your kids. You have to like 
be strong because I'd be freaking the fuck out. But also, like, you have to be strong because you don't want them being scared, and you're you're their protector. Like, that's a very Shit. very scary situation. Okay. So everything in Denise's being was wrapped around Jamie, trying to calm her daughter down. They actually had barricaded themselves in. Not only did they lock the door, but they ended up opening drawers that were like right near the door. So if the door ended up opening, they like the door would hit the drawers, which super smart. Love that they thought about that. Um, I probably wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, nah, the whole time. Definitely would not be um, thinking straight. So Jamie actually later said in an interview, at this point is when they knew something bad had happened to James because there was no way this man would have been able to get to them if he wasn't dead. Once Jake got into the bathroom, he ordered Denise to duct tape Jamie's mouth shut and her like her limbs, hands, legs, whatnot. But obviously Denise was having an issue doing it. She was probably shaking, very upset, whatnot. So Jake actually ended up putting the gun down and he did it himself. So she was duct taped on her mouth. Her arms, wrist, hands were duct taped together and her legs or ankles were duct taped together as well. It was at this point he pretty much threw Jamie over his shoulder who was bound at this point. He looked away and shot Denise in the face in the bathtub. And neither James or Denise Kloss uh, made it out alive. James was 56 and Denise was 46. So 13-year-old Jamie, like I said, she was spared. Um, And she was then taken from the family's home. They were in Barron, Wisconsin. And she was dragged across the yard and tossed into Jake's trunk, the trunk of his vehicle. And Jake took off with, obviously, Jamie in the trunk. So when he was driving away from the class home, Patterson had to pull over on the side of the road because he saw police sirens on the way to the class home. He actually had to pull over. Do I'm sorry, I have a question. Do we know who called the police? I'm going to get in that. Into okay, it. okay, sorry, sorry. Sure. Um, Jake said he was driving for prob- less than a minute. He said like probably like 15, 20 seconds, his estimate was, before he actually heard the sirens and saw them and had to pull over. So the police were at the home within minutes. There was a 911 call placed at 12.53 a.m. This was actually made from Denise's phone. However, no one spoke. The operator heard yelling before the phone was disconnected. We're not sure if it was Denise or Jamie who actually made the call. Um, But the dispatcher did try to give them a call back and it went right to Denise's voicemail. Jamie later said that she was able to hear them drive past the cops in the trunk. She did say, although she heard them, she also heard them go by just as fast. Oh my God, I couldn't imagine. (sighs) Couldn't imagine being in a trunk. One, being in a trunk, but two, hearing that help just like passing you. Mm -hmm. And assuming, I mean, I would automatically assume like they were here for me because she, uh, I would imagine knew that the 911 call was placed. Um, so when the police entered the home, they found the bodies of James and Denise, but obviously there was no Jamie. So an Amber alert was issued pretty much instantly. 
Jake took Jamie to his home, well, where he was staying. It was about 70 miles away in Gordon, Wisconsin, about two hours or so it takes him to get there. Um, He was actually staying in his father's cabin. Get ready to puke in your mouth. There's a sign over the cabin that said, it's called Patterson's Retreat. There's nothing about a retreat about that. So that, and, like, wait till I show you pictures of this place. It's like the biggest Is it like a trailer track? Oh my god, there's like missing ceilings. It's like unfinished. It's just... Where's the retreat? It's not a good time. Oh. Um, Jake actually lived there alone. And like I said, this place is terrifying. Not any retreat I would like to go to, I wrote. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, it had unfinished construction. It was dirty. Very small as a whole. Um, and so... It was, it was just really small, let me just say that. So when they arrived at the cabin, Jamie was instantly forced to change into Jake's sister's PJs. Why did he have a sister's PJs? I couldn't find anything about the sister, like how old she was or anything. That's creepy. I didn't, I didn't, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, There's nothing okay about that. And he took the duct tape off and he shoved her under his twin size bed and he sealed off all the exits he then took the duct tape in the clothes that she was wearing and went downstairs and burned them um okay a twin size bed sealed off do we know how he sealed off the exits yeah um so or like i mean like wood or so he would put he'd put weights and stuff on the bed and he <sighs> put weight filled like laundry baskets and boxes and stuff like that on the outsides of the bed so it was up against a wall like so two sides were blocked off by the wall and then the other two sides were like laundry baskets boxes and stuff with heavy stuff in it so a week after and so after he burned all the stuff he um he just went to bed with jamie under his bed he slept on top of the bed mm-hmm. probably with her like crying probably um, I actually I mean, read somewhere that it was like maybe two and a half feet tall was what she had. Oh, I couldn't imagine. Oh my god. Maybe two and a half feet. Like maybe. <laughs> so a week after her disappearance, the local law enforcement and about two thousand plus volunteers were searching for Jamie and any evidence that they could possibly find, but nothing was found. Zero things. There was literally nothing. And the reason I say there was literally nothing, all that was left was, like, the shell casings from when he shot Denise and um, James. But, like, he wore a ski mask. He had gloves on whatnot, you know. Um, That's wild. The police did come out and say that there was two potential cars on a video that might be in question. One was either... A 2008 to 2014 red slash orange Dodge Challenger or a 2006 to 2010 black Ford Edge or it could have been an Acura MDX. I'm assuming they're like similar body styles. Um, But there was no plate shown on the camera. And during this time, Jamie's school actually got together and they organized a gathering of hope which was put together for Jamie by the school and the community. And it's, it's pretty much like a vigil. Um, everyone was just 
praying for her safe return. Um, at this point, I want to talk about Jake Patterson, douchebag Patterson. Angus Patterson. Yeah. Um, Jake was 21 at the time of this. One morning, he was on his way to work, which was a temp job, by the way. Uh, and he saw Jamie get on the bus. He was driving to his temp job at a cheese factory. Real keeper. Um, actually, it's funny. I, I, when I first read that, I was like, oh, is there a lot of factories there? Apparently, I think there's a lot of food factories there. Um, Where is this again? In Wisconsin. It's very rural. Oh, well, Wisconsin. It's fucking cheese. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hello? But um, there was like a sausage factory and other stuff that were mentioned. Sausage. Sausage. So, um, but it was real, really rural towns where Jamie lived in Gordon and then where he, Jamie lived in Barron, he lived in Gordon, I think. Barron and Gordon are the towns. <laughs> now I'm but they're, And they're like, they're very, you know. they're very far away, but they're very small, both of them. So he said that he saw her get on the bus one morning. And when he saw her, he said he knew that was the girl that he was going to kidnap. There wasn't anything particular about her that he could say. It was just, it was going to be her. He apparently was um, thinking about abducting a girl for a long time. And he said that he just knew in that moment when he saw Jamie get on the bus, it had to be her. I don't know what's scarier, having somebody do something that's somebody that knows you or somebody that just randomly picks you for no fucking reason. Yeah, terrifying. He also did say, like, there was, like, some overwhelming urge for him to take her. And he said that if it wasn't Jamie, it would have been another girl. Like, he didn't know anything about her. He didn't know her name. He didn't know her age. Anything. There wasn't a lot of information about Jake as a person or, like, a whole. You know how, like, this is also a recent case. So, um, I, what I did find, though, was he was weird. <laughs> Not surprised. I mean, I don't know if, you know, kidnapping a, a girl and keeping her under your bed for however long is classified as weird, but I think so. Yeah. In my book, it is. So, in my book, Court of Amanda. Uh, yeah, Court of Amanda. The hearing is he, or the hearing, the, the judgment is he is weird. So, like, he was the weird kid in school. His senior quote was, I'm finally done with school. I didn't even do a senior quote. So, I mean, like, maybe I was weirder than Jake because I didn't even My school didn't out. even offer one. No, I don't, I don't, I think I just, like, opted out. But I'm also, like, no. same though, like, I'm finally done. Like, not to, like, relate to a fucking. <laughs> Creeper and psycho. Mm. I relate. I mean, <laughs> same. So, same. As soon as he was done high school, he joined the Marine Corps, but that didn't last long at all. He was in the Marines for about five weeks, so he didn't even finish basic, which is about like 13 weeks. Yeah. The Marines actually, um, they ended up confirming that he was prematurely discharged in 2015. A Marine Corps spokesman actually made a statement saying that the character of Jake's service was incongruent with the Marine Corps' expectations and standards. And that's like a direct quote that he put out. <sighs> yeah, I get it. What even is that word, though? <laughs> incongruent? Um, <laughs> I think it just, like, doesn't match up. 
like their ethics don't don't match what is incongruent behavior incongruent means conflicting such as mood incongruence implies that the symptoms i'm sorry his actions were conflicting <laughs> i'm sorry marine Corps, get it together get it together yeah um at some point his grandfather was quoted saying that he suffered from like internal health issues with his brain and that's why he was uh he wasn't suitable for the marines and that's like obviously a paraphrase okay but don't they do all of those tests at the meps center or whatever before you go into the military to determine your mental capacity and your physical abilities like you know what i mean like, i mean yeah but i feel like there's such a there's so much of a deeper dive once you're actually a sure yeah so, i mean like think about all the sociopaths out there that or like people who are just good at faking it till they make it kind of thing yeah i guess so although jake didn't have many friends in school he did have a handful of close friends but after he was discharged he became a a hermit or a reclusive something you know like he was just very distant he lost touch with all of his friends and even with some of his family and something definitely changed in him a lot of people would even like reach out to him and he just wasn't having it where as before he i guess would hang out i have no idea um so jake made it sounds like depression yeah something so Jake made it clear that he was set on taking Jamie and he was willing to do anything to make his dream a reality. He virtually knew nothing about the Kloss family other than he was going to kidnap Jamie. At the time, like I said, he didn't even know her name, her age, or anything like that. He had legit no idea what he was going to walk into or what was going to happen. He only saw her on the bus at one time and that was the extent of what he knew. And I, I wrote right here, this this is what this is kind of what stuck out to me is stuck out stuck out um i got on the bus at my grandmother's house every morning so like literally he knew nothing like what if she didn't live there what if it was like a friend or anything you know he could have went into anyone's home literally anyone i had friends get on the bus at my grandmother's house you know what i'm saying like yeah just because She's getting on the bus from this one house means nothing, in my opinion. But maybe I'm biased because I didn't get on the bus at my house. I don't know. I don't, our buses never came to our house. Oh. Ours were at, like, a, a central location, I think, for that reason. Probably. But then, um, I mean, also, somebody could also follow you home, so it's, like... Yeah, so um, it depends on where it was for, like, m- like my bus stops were, like, some were right at people's houses and somewhere in groups definitely were not i also grew up in a very rural place so yeah i could be different i did not yeah so prior to the crime actually on october 15th 2018 jake drove by the class's house and he was gonna kidnap jamie but he didn't end up going in because he thought there was too much activity in the home he said he didn't want to leave any witnesses and didn't have anything to kill them pretty much he actually made a second attempt two days later, which was on October 7th, but he had the same outcome. There was, like, too much movement or something, maybe Molly barking. I'm not super sure. But after that, he knew something had to change. 
Prior to the attack, he shaved his head and his beard so he wouldn't have any hair to leave behind. He cut the emergency release cord in his trunk prior to kidnapping Jamie so she wouldn't be able to get out of the trunk. He stole license plates from another car, took his off, and put the stolen ones on his vehicle. He disconnected the dome light in his car so when the doors opened, there wouldn't be any light so no one could see him or anything like that. He borrowed his father's gun, which was a super popular gun in the area, apparently. Um, and he also used a, a popular ammo and attempts to throw people off. Like, he couldn't just match it to one person. I couldn't find the type of the gun or the ammo that he used, but I wouldn't super know anything about it anyway. Yeah, same. Um, but he did wipe the gun and the ammo down for Prince as he was putting, like, the bullets in the gun and stuff. He went to Walmart, bought a ski mask so he couldn't be identified. So the majority of Jamie's time, she um, she spent most of her time under the, the twin bed barricaded under it. He would place weights and heavy things on top of the bed, laundry baskets, stuff like that on the outside so she couldn't get out. And I, I know I already mentioned it, but I just want to say, like, I wrote it here again. The bed was 2.5 feet off the ground. That is how much room this girl had. She was in captivity for 88 days. Okay, but it's two and a half feet from the ground to the top of the mattress. So that's easily less, you know, giving, giving. So I'm, under, if I'm assuming there's probably a box spring. No. As well. No, no box spring or just a mattress? Just a mattress. It was like a shitty uh, old school. Like a cot. Yeah, kind of thing. Like, like springy. Okay. So she has less than half, at least like yeah. half that. That's fucking not a lot. She wouldn't be fed or be allowed to go to the bathroom for long periods of time, like mm-hmm. 10 plus hours. And who knows what he actually fed her or like when he would give her water kind of thing. It was a sporadic thing. Well, in captivity, he felt like a good person because he did let her watch TV sometimes. He, he did be like, well, I did let her watch TV. He then went oh, into well, saying, "You fucking killed her family, so you <laughs> lost all credibility there." Yeah. I'm sorry. He did say, when they were watching TV together, if the news came on about her, or her family, he would change it for her benefit. Oh, now you didn't show me armor. Thanks, Jake. Goodbye. Really You're protecting dismissed. her. So at this point. He gave her stuff to write a letter. I'm sorry, not at this point, at some point. He gave her stuff to write a letter to her aunt to let her know that she was okay and alive. But And Jamie wrote the letter, but he never sent it, which I don't know why he'd even pretend like he would. When he had pe- this fucking gave me chills. He had people over to the house. When he had people over, he would turn their radio on in the room loud enough so she couldn't hear and they couldn't hear her if she was doing anything. Why would you even have people over at that point? Apparently, sometimes people were even in the same room with her when she was under the bed. His dad would come over at least every Saturday at the same time and he had no idea what was going on. There isn't any information saying that he abused her like sexually 
Um, he just kept her for to be have a friend. So I mean, like, I don't know if that would really be released. You know what I'm saying? She she's a teenager. She's still alive. She's out in the community now. Some I, type of dignity to sure. be kept for her. If God forbid something did happen, I hope for her Kate her sake that nothing nothing happened and there's nothing to talk about. You know, I agree, um, but I'm not super sure. Yeah. So she did say one time he hit her with the handle of a cleaning thing. I'm picturing like a, you know, those like yellow Swifter duster Dude, things. that's Miles' favorite fucking toy. It's so annoying. Um, he's, he like crawls around with it. So good. He's going to be like a He's like, I clean for you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so apparently he hit her with the handle of that one time very hard and said if, if um, she did anything to cross him or anything like that it would be much worse if... right so she threatened he threatened her <clears throat> yeah but she did say that was the only time that um any abuse took place other than you know being held captive and whatnot you know killing your family on the morning <laughs> so on the morning of january 10th 2019 um jake told jamie that he would be leaving for a few hours and once he was gone, she pushed the bins and the weights out of the way and found some of his shoes and she took off. This was 88 days in captivity. So, okay, so did he just never leave? Like, is that why she never was able to try and get away or did she just build up the courage? Like, I question. I think she finally built, built up the courage and he specifically told her I would be gone. Like, I'm going to be gone for a few hours. So she knew she had she some had time and you know what it's 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 wild to me that he even told her it's weird that he was going somewhere it's almost like he wanted her like the thrill of her trying to leave and i don't i mean i don't know but yeah i'm curious how often he told her like he, you know what i'm saying like or if right. like, he was just getting comfortable because she was taken in october and this was in january you know what i'm saying like there's a lot of time there so after she left she ran into a woman named jean nutter while jean was walking her dog she told jean that she was lost and didn't know where she was and that she really needed help jean said that jamie was actually calm and um a little quiet and seemed dazed Jean instantly knew who she was because her pictures were everywhere. So Jean and Jamie went to the Aww. nearest house. So Jean and Jamie went to the nearest house and asked for them to call 911. They ended up at Kristen Kaskinskas. I don't know how to say Excuse her. Excuse me? Yeah. Kristen Kaskinskas. That's how she said it in the 911 call. Okay. Um, they ended up at Kristen's house. And Kristen called 911 while her husband stood by the door with a gun just in case Jake would show up. Because oh, they didn't Protecting this poor baby. Right. They didn't, they don't know anything. So in the meantime, Jake actually got home and he noticed that Jamie was gone. And so he started driving around looking for her. At 4.43 p.m., the police arrived to take Jamie into safety, to, to custody into safety. As they were driving to the police station, a red car pulls up and they drive by it. 
and they thought it actually might be him and jamie said she couldn't confirm or deny that it was him so the police pulled him over the moment police got to the car where jake was pulled over he put his hands up and said i did it and he was arrested instantly and like i said she was held in captivity for 88 days honestly like i have i'm so conflicted because like obviously my heart breaks for jamie and her experience in this but i'm like clearly jake has a a conscience clearly he knows right like okay okay i'm sorry let me see if your tune changes because some of the stuff he says i'm like well no he's he's still a garbage people like don't get me wrong he he did he did something wrong but i'm like you you ruined your whole life for what so now he's trying to spin it as like he feels bad and he's a victim too so i don't feel bad yeah no you're not sweetie you're not a victim so once he's in custody and i'm paraphrasing here but when he was asked why he did it he pretty much said his reasoning is complicated and he's sorry for hurting Jamie and doing what he did, but he couldn't express his reasoning to anyone. Um, you did it for your own selfish needs. Right. Like, whatever those needs were, like, what was, what was the point? <laughs> A local reporter actually wrote to him in jail because, like, they were trying to get a you, and that's who they are as people. And um, they, they asked him questions. And um, Jake actually wrote back and he um, answered some of the questions, but in the letter, he said he didn't want Jamie or her family to have to go through the trial. So that's why he gave the police as much information as possible. So he, he, again, he has a conscience. I don't believe him. I don't believe him at all. I, I know because it makes sense because he, he did this for his own selfish needs and then he, built a friendship if you can't even have one or he he turned out caring for jamie clearly in some in some way it sounds like i mean some twisted sort of way but again i'm not trying to justify it i don't feel bad for him he's he's where he deserves to be but like i'm just sad that to see that somebody who could have had the potential just like threw their life away you know what i mean so i think why i'm so disgusted is he's literally like i'm sorry jamie i didn't mean for this but the other thing is no you don't get you don't get to be sorry now like the if you're sorry you wouldn't have done it or like exactly you wouldn't have let it get this far or like you would have told like it, it, you killed her parents like it's not like you just took her you know what i mean not that either one is okay or like you didn't have to like hold her you know what i'm saying like it, it is but like you went out right. looking for her clearly you weren't that sorry right right um the other thing is oh, no. I'm curious if he has some sort of something like he is not mentally like I'm curious what his IQ would be I'm curious like where he would test on like maybe the spectrum or right. other things you know I'm just curious right. if he's not all there I guess and I don't mean that to be derogatory no I don't, I don't think that's I don't think that you're being derogatory at all I think that's a realistic question considering the circumstances. And I'm curious if that's why he was discharged from the military. Because they did say, like, there was mental, or his grandfather said there was mental And they can't exactly release. Sure. Yeah. 
So he also said his long-term plan was stupid looking back, but he won't go into details about what it was. It didn't happen. There's no, there's no sense in, you know, fucking with Jamie's mm-hmm. mental. Because to know, like, what somebody would have done to you is probably, probably fucked me up forever. He wrote, he didn't want to do this, but for some reason he did. And it was complicated and no one would understand. So he wouldn't go into details. And on the back of the letter, he wrote, I'm sorry, Jamie, for everything. In large bubble letters. Like, she's his friend. And how old is he again when, when he did 21 this? 21 at the time. Honestly, it sounds like some type of like schizophrenia or something. Know. It sounds like something. something. Like some multiple personality disorder. Like, fucking something. I mean, like, I don't want to speculate on what mental I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I just imagine he has There's definitely something for sure. And then next to the bubble letters and smaller text, he wrote, I know it doesn't mean much. You're right, well, it doesn't. It. So Jake was actually found guilty of two counts of intentional homicide and one count of kidnapping. And in court, Jamie's attorney read a statement that she wrote. And I think it was the victim impact statement, but I wasn't super sure. Okay. And Jamie dropped the fucking mic, man. She, we love Jamie. She wrote, he stole my parents from me. He stole almost everything I loved from me. For 88 days, he tried to steal me and he didn't care who he hurt or who he killed to do that. He -hmm. should stay locked up forever. He can't take my freedom. He thought he could own me, but he was wrong. I was smarter. I watched his routine and I took back my freedom. Yes, Jamie. I will always have my freedom and he will not. She was 13 at the time. Such a smart girl. Jamie. Um, I love Jamie so much. And actually, um, it was mentioned somewhere that he's been into some fights with some people in prison. I couldn't find anything about it. I also didn't look cool. Uh, yeah, I didn't super look, so. Um, I don't want to make this about Jake or his family, but Jake's family is obviously dealing with some hard stuff themselves after the well, fact. Well, at the end of the day, they're still, they're dealing with a loss also. Yeah. Not, not, not nearly as great as, as Jamie's, first of all, peace, peace of mind or her parents or anything that she's lost along the way, but they're, they're victims of their son also. 100%. So Jake's mom, after the fact, actually had a hard time leaving the house because she felt horrible. She feels a lot of guilt, and I get that. I would, too. But uh, Jake's dad almost feels responsible because he was actually in the home when Jamie was there being kept. And he thinks it's, like, I think it's, like, a normal reaction, but he almost feels like he could have done something. Done something right. or he should have done something. Jake's dad said he feels so much guilt and shame that he wished he could get like an apology letter to her family just to let them know how he aches for them and and just feels so responsible for bringing Jake into this world and and being there and all of those things um and I couldn't imagine and and and, not and and they're not allowed to contact I don't believe so. Jamie's family, or Jamie, no. or I, I mean, I don't think that it would be appropriate to either, but mm-hmm. um, it's fucking horrible. Yeah. And um, that's that's a shitty situation because, like, they they can't express 
their sorry or their guilt because mm-hmm. it would it wouldn't do any good yeah. because it doesn't bring back Jamie's parents. Mm-hmm. So an odd fact, um, Jake and Jamie's parent. So Jake worked at a Genio sausage factory for a brief time. I think during his temp time, that's actually where Jamie's parents had worked for a very very long time. But they never actually came in contact. Um, they never crossed paths. And Jamie was still picked at random. I just found this super interesting. Um, Well, I mean, being in small rural area, I mean, yeah, it's not not super surprising. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want to, I just kind of want to end on where Jamie is now. She is living with one of her aunts and is thriving. She has her dog Molly back. She has Molly. And she looks super, she looks as happy as she can be. Sure. Um, I have a picture and we're going to post it. It's of her aunt and Molly and her. And um, I do just want to say, um, I doubt that Jamie would ever listen to this. I don't know why she would, but I just want to put it into the universe that. All I'm saying before you say that is that I've seen those girls that were kept by Ariel Castro. One of them went on to do things within the true crime community. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Yes. Um, but I just want to tell Jamie uh, and even whether it gets to her or not like you are a badass you are loved and no one can ever replace your parents but I am a mom and I'm fucking proud of you and I admire you and you are worth it and whatever this man took away from you um just I'm sorry and I wish that all of us could have been there for you but I'm so happy that you were able to come out on the other side and you got this right whatever it is you know like badass and nothing anybody does or says will change or replace anything that's happened Mm -hmm. to you but i mean i wish that we could i wish there was something that we could do to to make this not have happened and i'm sure she feels alone and and you know all of those things and you know you were alone but you have so many people cheering you on and behind you oh my god supporting you and loving you from afar you know um Uh, pretty much everyone within the true crime community yes so plus probably i can speak for all of us any person who has a soul you know um right so you are you are loved Uh, i know i don't know you very much but you you got this and i'm so happy that you have molly back and your aunt and stuff honestly that's the silver lining of all of this is that the dog is okay <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. like i'm very happy that jamie's okay don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but like very happy that molly is good so honestly if it wasn't for molly like i'm curious how this could have panned out differently you know what i'm saying not that like it Definitely. matters um could her parents have lived or could it have been worse you know like, right exactly um, exactly living in a small town ultimately we don't know but most people have i would imagine most people have got you know what i'm saying like if if it was a situation like i can imagine where i grew up and we were all asleep and we weren't woken up my parents have guns in their house like they you know what i'm saying who knows right right who knows right. what could have happened um either way super happy that she's molly and that's the the abduction and kidnapping of um jamie Cross. that's the tea yeah this was a hard jamie so proud of you yeah 
Thanks for listening to us ramble, guys. Yeah. I um, If I was listening to a podcast, I would have stopped listening like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> but Why? I'm proud of you for being here if you're here. I don't know. You're the worst. I am. How do you even have a podcast? I don't. I do. But <laughs> I, I do as I say, not as I do, my dude. This is true. I learned it from my mom. Shout out Loris. Shout out Loris. <laughs> You're the real MVP. probably like, who the fuck is Loris? We hope you join us every Monday for our weekly episode. And as an added bonus, we've deemed the first Sunday of every month as Serial Killer Sunday. So you can look forward to an extra long episode about our favorite serial killers once a month. Go follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Naptime Investigations or Twitter at Naptime underscore podcast. If you want us to cover one of your favorite cases, please send your case suggestions to naptimeinvestigations at gmail.com or via the case suggestion link in our Instagram bio. As always, we hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks for joining this party.